I don't hear anybody else talking about this right now. No. And to me, just from a broader market perspective, we we believe both gold and these digital assets are going to have a big 2024. I think yeah. everybody we talk to around Definitely. Angel um, believes that. And I think the one thing that is hopeful about this potential like bull market in digital assets is that hopefully a lot of the crap mm-hmm. that was out there previously, like you said, with the NFTs and all this stuff with the FTX the and, yeah, and all these yeah meme coins and all this kind of stuff, is people realize that there is nothing backing these. And you know, the the term Ponzi scheme gets brought up a lot with a lot of these. And uh-huh. the truth is is it's most of them are. All right, welcome to the Angel Research Podcast. My name is Jason Freert, and I'm here with Jason Williams once again. Wrong hand there. Managing editor of the Wealth Advisory, plus a uh, a bunch of a slew of other uh, services here. But the Wealth Advisory is your flagship yes, newsletter so I call that my for flagship. Angel. My, my pride and joy, right? So there. welcome back. One of the things that I wanted to start out with, which is sort of newsworthy, is just they just released numbers for the national debt 34 trillion dollars and i think it was in the news for like half a day if that right if that nobody talks about it anymore right i mean what's there to talk about i guess i don't know i really don't know i mean there has to be a point where that matters, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I remember as a kid, every couple of years, you know, they would break it down by like, what what does each American owe, you know, for the debt? And and my thought, you know, because I remember being in my, I want to say 30s, you know, it's not even that long ago, where it was like $60,000 per American. And I was like, okay, I'll pay $60,000 if you guys promise not to run the debt up again. You know, like I would do that. I would pay that off for you. Like if you promise not to run it, up. but no, man, we're not going to promise not to run it up again. Come on. No. Um, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it just keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And with more and more politicians talking about like forgiving other people's debt, you know, like when are they going to start talking about forgiving their own? You know, like when do we get some debt reset where they just say, hey, like, you know how we borrowed all that money from you? Well, we're not paying it back. Yeah. And I guess we owe that money to lots of other countries lots and of other countries, institutions yep. and, and and all that, it does not seem like both the Republicans are all were supposedly for fiscal responsibility. Right, right. And that seems to have been totally lost as well. So there's really not it, it, the politicians, they're both, you know, they're both working for the same. Yeah, state, so to speak. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So they're going to keep running it up. They want to spend your money for different reasons. Right. And so I think everybody that follows us and listens to us is on the same page with that. They understand that it's ridiculous. The question is, when is that going to have an impact? Is it already have an impact? And how do we take advantage of that? And typically, when that happens, the 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 path that goes down follows down to hard assets. Right. Definitely. And so you've been fairly bullish on real estate, um, particularly REITs and all that. And you can talk about that at another time. But there's another hard asset that everybody goes to, and that is 
gold. Of course. It's like the OG hard asset. And um, gold is back above $2,000 an ounce. Mm -hmm. And where do you personally see that market heading this year? I know like you've really delved into it more with mm -hmm. in a lot of different areas, but just as a broad market perspective, how, how do we see gold happening so, in 2024? I think we're going to see a lot of interesting things with gold, um, which is which is kind of funny to say because it's like the most boring market in the world. It really I mean, is. I want to say boringest, but I don't think that's a word, but yeah. it's the boringest market in the world. I mean, it's 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 super boring. You know, people uh, people talk about, you know, like huge gold spikes. It's like, wow, it went up by 100%. And, you know, right. like we talk about like huge stock gains, like a thousand percent or higher, you know. Um, but the thing is, is I think that, that we're going to see a lot of excitement in gold because, right. And this is something that I've been, I've been putting a lot of research into recently and actually just, uh, um, uh, just gave my, my subscribers to future giants, my nano cap trading service, um, uh, a recommendation to take advantage of it. But basically, you know, gold fines have been getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Since 2000, there has not been a mega, like a jumbo mine found. A jumbo mine is one that has like 30 million tons, or 30 million ounces, sorry, not tons, okay. ounces of gold, yeah. right? And so since 2000, there hasn't been one of those uh, deposits found, right? The last ones were found at the turn of the century, and mines have like a 10 to 30-year lifespan, you know, before they start to get uneconomical to operate. And so those ones that were discovered at the turn of the century, we're, they're, they're sort of starting to like age out, right? And we're not finding any more big deposits. And not only are we not finding any more big deposits, but we're not finding any high grade deposits right. also. So think about it this way, right? And this is just sort of to sort of like put it into like, like normal, like simple English for everybody out there, right? If you want to find one ounce of gold, um, at the average ore grade, right, which is how many grams per ton of dirt you have to dig up, how many grams uh, of gold you're going to get, right? The average ore grade is about 1.35, right? So you'll have to dig up about 200 tons of dirt to find one ounce of gold. I keep hitting this thing. Um, but yeah, you're going to have to dig up 200 tons. That's to a lot. To just one ounce. One ounce of gold would, would fit on my fingertip. It's smaller than a postage yeah. stamp, right? You know, it's, uh, it, it, it's, 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 it's crazy, you know? And so basically, like, the more, the more dirt you have to dig up to get to this gold, the more expensive it is to get to that gold. So you have this thing called the all-in uh, all cost of extraction, right? Um, AICS is the number. It's updated every quarter. All of the gold companies in the world have to send in, what does it cost you guys on average to get um, an ounce of gold out of the ground? Right? And right now it's about $1,300. With the price of gold at about $2,000, that means you have like a $700 profit yeah. that you can make there, right? But that's if you have an average deposit. So a couple of years ago, what I think is the last big jumbo deposit was found, right? And they're drilling it and they're testing it and, you know, like proving out everything. And we're talking about ore grades of like 8,000, you know, 3,000 grams per ton to 8,000 grams per ton mm -hmm. compared to 1.35 grams per ton. You know, so this is like, this is, this is the kind of gold mine that's like a once in a generation opportunity. And I'm getting more and more convinced the more research I do that this is the last major gold find ever. That basically, like, you know, we're finding less and less and less gold. And it's not because we're getting worse at finding gold. We're getting better at finding it. 
Right. You know, it's not like people are not out it. there looking for it. Yeah. And, and the technology has gotten better. You know, there are companies out there that are working on uh, technology that you can go into like tailings from mines and, and um, extract value from the tailings. You know, the, the, the mining process has gotten better and more sophisticated, but we're right. getting less out of it and less out of it. And it's because we're just running out. We found it all. Yeah, it very much is. I mean, and this is like with any resource and the the easiest analogy I can find is the oil analogy. Mm -hmm. We were one of the first to talk about the idea of peak Peak oil. oil. And I don't know if the idea of peak oil has proven out necessarily Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it makes sense as it's going up and then it goes down. But that's what happened. And then we discovered fracking. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back up. And now the U.S. is producing more oil yep, than it's ever produced. It's you know, back doing it. But I think the idea of peak oil still it still holds water because, you know, yes, fracking has basically saved the world, you know, has definitely saved the U.S. energy industry. But fracking uh, those fracking wells, those aren't big deposits. Those aren't big yeah. reserves, right? So basically peak oil, the idea with that is that we have found all of the big right. fields. They're, and now it's just little stuff that's left. Well, yeah, they're going back and they're fracking all the old ones that yep. they have. But once they're done fracking that. is what's left out of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so and, and there's and new that's technology. that's why I call it peak gold because it's very similar to what we were seeing with peak oil right. where, you know, all of the easy to access stuff, all of the low hanging fruits already been picked. Yeah. You know, so now it's going to get harder. And, yeah, there's going to be technology that continues to, you know, make the process more efficient. Um, but, you know, as as less and less gold's coming out of the ground, you know, it's still going to be more and more expensive. You know, no matter how much the technology advances, you're still going to have to pull out more and more and more tonnage to get those little ounces. And so basically this, this you know, company that I found, this, this miner that I found, they've uh, – I don't want to say stumbled upon, but that's sort of how you do it when you're looking for gold. But like they've found what could be the last major gold deposit. The uh, um, you know the grades are super high. Um, literally, you can see rocks from um, in in the report that I sent out to my subscribers. You can see rocks, and they actually have chunks of gold in them. Yeah, that's right? insane. That's like what you think of. of that's what the most people gold think of when they think of gold mining. The forty, yeah, you know, the forty niners going out to California yeah. with their things, and a lot of them actually didn't find any gold. But... Most of them didn't. But you know, and that's what most people think of when they think of gold mining is like you know, it's a miner and he's got a pick and a shovel and he goes out and he's like, oh look at that, a big shiny rock of gold. But like, it's all flakes. It's these teeny tiny little flakes yeah. like like salt mixed in with sand yeah and you, you got to move all that dirt just to yeah just to find a little bit of it just right? to get a teeny tiny bit of it um and so i think you know if, if i'm right then i think that that's going to send gold prices parabolic i mean skyrocket we talk about two thousand dollars an ounce is going to seem like nothing you know it's going to seem like pennies we're talking about fifteen thousand some experts out there um you know people who know a lot more about gold and have a lot more experience in the industry than me are predicting it getting as high as twenty thousand dollars an ounce you know, so you're talking about a 10 times gain from from where we are currently. And they're talking about that happening in the next year to, say, three years. You know, right. So I think we're going to start to see that happen over the next year as more and more people start to realize that, you know, gold is getting harder to get out of the ground. And there's less and less of it coming out when we are getting it out. Um, and, you know, we still need it, right? You know, 
typically people use gold as a store of value, but it's actually critical to things like solar panels, EV batteries. I mean, pretty much any piece of technology, the computer people are watching this on or the cell phone they're listening to it on, like all of those have gold in them. Yeah. And I think people do not realize just how little there is of the metal above ground. Oh, yeah. And it's like a couple of swimming pools. It, it is. I think the, here's something really impressive, right? The biggest gold mine in the world last year, all of the gold that they pulled out of the ground could fit comfortably inside of the backpack that I brought in with me today. Yeah, that's in a year. Yeah, I think that you you see the it's interesting. You see like, I don't know, like these heist movies where they're stealing the gold bars and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, this year it's just like there's not just like gold bars like that, like all over the place yeah. like if you melted down all the gold above ground i think they estimated it's something like a cube of 20 yards by 20 yards by 20 yards that sounds about right so it's like i've heard the olympic size swimming pool comparison it, yeah and, sounds and about, that's yeah that's basically yeah. it and so it, it's interesting because it feels like you see gold everywhere mm-hmm. but it's tiny tiny bits and a lot of it it's plated. It is plated and or fake. Uh-huh. Or, <laughs> so. or it's, um, you know, you've got gold, like investment gold is 99 point whatever, 5% pure gold, right? The gold that is like in my wedding ring has other metals mixed in there with it. You know, oh, yeah. You got like 14 stronger, carat, like 14 all that carat, 10 carat, 24 carat, mm-hmm. even 24 carats, not pure gold, you know, but yeah. that's like as pure as you're going to get for jewelry. But it's got other metals mixed in there because, you know, I mean, if this ring was made out of gold, then I could just sort of, I could squish it. You know, yeah. I, I would squish it, you know, because I would take it off and play with it sometimes and I would totally squish it, uh, you know, or if I tap my hand too hard on the table, it would flatten out, you know, yeah. so we have to have some other metals mixed in there. So really when people see that gold everywhere like they're just sort of seeing the color of the metal they're not like the 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 gold's not making up the majority of what they're seeing it's either coating it or there's other stuff mixed in there with it but yeah there's just not a lot of gold out there you know and there's and and you know we're basically getting to the point where we've we've sort of found it all yeah you know that's why everybody gets all excited when like an asteroid flies by and there's like there's a kajillion dollars (laughs) worth of gold on that if we could just mine it yeah it's something we talked about earlier um or I should say a couple of months ago was the Costco started selling selling gold. gold, And so to me, that's definitely a signal here. But what was interesting about that is it's, they sold out like immediately Mm -hmm. and they were selling it for a premium. Yeah. It's insane. And I, I don't know exactly their angle on that, but it clearly, they, determined that there was a demand there. I mean, it's popular in other countries. Outside the U.S., you get a lot of people who buy investment gold as jewelry. Right. Right? So there are actually little, like, one-ounce tags that you can get, and they have a little hole in it, and you can put it on on your necklace and wear it around, you know, your, your $2,000 little ounce of gold there. And this is really common in lots of other countries. And, right. You know, like, that's how they're doing it. Um, actually, my godparents, right um, – my godmother's engagement ring was a $75,000 investment diamond because they were like, why buy jewelry diamonds? They lose value over time. I'll buy an investment diamond because mm-hmm. those go up in value. So she had actually, she had a fake ring that she wore most of the time and her actual engagement yeah. ring lived in a safe because, you know, it was their retirement. Yeah, people, when you talk about these countries that are 
I don't want to say third world countries, but they're emerging economies where mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. there's a dictator in there who's printing cash and and all that kind of stuff, just owning that. Oh yeah. It, as soon as a lot of workers get paid, they're switching it out into some sort of hard asset that yep. is stable. Yep. And it's funny you mentioned that, right? Because that's actually why some of the things like the stable coins, yeah. you know, like bringing this back like from traditional assets to digital assets, uh, like the USD coin, right? That was super popular in Africa. Yeah. Not here in the US where we have US dollars that, you know, move with the coin, but in countries where, you know, they don't have a stable currency. So they were like, hey, as soon as I get paid, I can turn this into the US dollar coin. I can turn this into Bitcoin. Down in Venezuela, wow. Bitcoin took off there yeah. way before it gained popularity here in the U.S. Yeah, all those way Latin American before. countries that because they can't trust. I, I think it was Argentina, one of the and this banks is one of controlled by the government. Yeah, and this places, is one of the reasons our um, that Argentina just elected that new president. Oh, yeah. yeah, is because their inflation was getting so bad, it was like horrible. They had. Um, I forget who I talked to down there who did business with workers down there, but they basically every three months they had to give employees like a 30% increase in what they were paying them because otherwise, yeah, otherwise they were going to jump ship here. And it's just like, how do you, as a business, how do you run anything like that when inflation is out of control like that. I mean, that's why the Fed here in the U.S. has a dual mandate, right? One of the mandates is employment, right? Keeping employment, you know, as high as possible or unemployment as low as possible. And the other one is price stability because you can't run an economy without stable prices. It's just impossible. Look at Zimbabwe. Look at, you know, um, what's it, the Weimar Republic. I mean, you can't look at that anymore because obviously, you know, not, not in existence. But you see these places and you just can't have a successful economy if you don't have price stability. If prices yeah. are all, all over the place, if you don't know where they're going to be next year. And and that goes for deflationary environments too. You know, if you think that stuff's going to get cheaper next year, well, you're going to put off the purchase. You know, yeah. I need a new car, right? If I think cars are going to get cheaper next year, then like, well, maybe I'll try and get another couple of months, you know, out of the Jeep. Yeah. And use, I mean, used cars had spiked up and they have definitely started to come down they too. Did. So people think that prices are always going to go up. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily the case. No, sometimes um, they do come down. Um, you know, honestly, they usually come down in, in bad situations, yeah. you know, when we're looking at a recession and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, prices don't just go up. I mean, they usually go up more frequently than they go down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and that's, that's you know, like I said, why cryptocurrencies became so popular in, in some of these other countries is, you know, like you've got – they're stable. You know, your currency is not stable. So I can take, you know, my my boulevards and exchange them for for Bitcoin or for U.S. dollar coin or whatever or for gold. Yeah. And then as you know, the value of my boulevards drops, the value of my gold and boulevards goes up. So, you know, then when I actually do want to buy some bread, I can trade my gold for that wheelbarrow full of dollars that I need and I can go buy a loaf of bread. Yeah. To me, you can't talk about gold without also talking about the I, I don't want to say necessarily cryptocurrency in general because there's a lot of crap out there that people yeah. call cryptocurrencies yeah, yeah. but things like you said like Bitcoin and the stable coins mm-hmm. and stuff because th- those are much more portable than definitely gold gold oh, in order to transfer you know what I mean a hundred dollars in 
a stable asset to somebody over across the globe, mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy a hundred dollars worth of gold and then bring it and ship it across. Right. So the gold demand that we're seeing, we have the industrial demand, which is really small, but that investment grade demand mm-hmm. is usually these big players coming in and buying. But in terms of like consumer demand, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be looking towards ways to hedge against that inflation that doesn't involve actually physically storing. Oh, definitely. The and gold. Because there's it. costs associated with that as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to pay. You know, if you want to keep your gold at a vault, then you have to pay yeah. for it. If you and I personally, house, I don't know if I'm trusting. Like, to me, it, you know, you maybe. So if, you, if I'm going to buy gold, like, I want to take delivery of said gold Mm -hmm. because if someone's like oh i i have your physical gold like at my house or in this vault i'm like all right well like what happens yeah can i see it that's what people said think there's no gold in fort knox right (laughs) can i see it no actually you can't no you can't just show me a picture of it no 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 no, we can't do that either hold on ai is not quite developed enough yet um no definitely and i mean that's sort of like how how it works right um you have uh uh, in like a lot of the Federal Reserve banks and um, the Treasury uh, vaults and stuff like that, you know, they have gold, like just piles of gold. And it's like, this is Germany's gold. That's China's gold. This is Russia's gold. And, you know, when like China buys some gold from Germany, well, they take some from Germany's pile and they move it over to China's pile. Yeah. Well, didn't, I mean, that's what they used to do. They probably just do that all in a spreadsheet Yeah, well, now. didn't we have some Russian gold that we were like, we're not giving back to you? And I think Germany, too. We... Some of the central banks had some gold, and then when there was political terminal, turmoil, mm-hmm. we're like, we're not giving your gold back. Or I think Germany actually asked for some of their gold back, and we're like, nah. No, we're going to keep it here. <laughs> so, like, yeah, or we'll why? give you back some of it. Yeah, we'll give you back some of it. So there, there's definitely like – there's some big players going on in that market, mm-hmm. and so the precious metals, particularly gold and silver, sometimes get – lumped in in some possible manipulation that's going on Uh um so that's another reason why you want to actually you know hold and physically you know yeah have that well and you look at um you know like the probably the most popular gold investment is like the gld the etf right right and so now i don't know this for a fact but i have heard tell that there are at least two valid claims for every ounce of gold that that etf holds right Right. So basically you own a share, I own a share, right? But there's only one ounce. Yeah. And so your receipt says you own that ounce. My receipt says I own that ounce. Both of our receipts are legitimate. How do we solve that? They are hoping that not everybody asks for their gold at once. Right. That there won't be a redemption. Yeah. Right. Or a run, like a bank run, basically. Right. You know? Um, yeah. So yeah. that's why it's interesting the intersection between something like that and technology, right? It is. Because that's where cryptocurrency and the idea of proving ownership sort of comes in because there's all these assets that you want to own but mm-hmm. you know if i you know i can't store all that in my basement no. and some of it is you know you talk about like 
land, like mortgages being digitized and all this tokens and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's what really excited me about uh, the NFTs, the non-fungible tokens, right. was things like mortgages, contracts, right. you know, where I just bought a house. You know, we didn't need the, the title attorney and to do all of those different searches and stuff like that and pay all those different fees if we had just been able to transfer the title to the house from the, the seller to me, the buyer, on yeah. the blockchain. Yeah. So it seems to be there's that intersection. And when people hear NFTs, I think they just think like, oh, it's a a little it's jay- a picture of a monkey. It's a JPEG monkey. Uh-huh, like, why uh-huh. do I need to pay $60,000? Yeah, for no, a I was JPEG. really frustrated watching those things blow up because I think that there's a lot of value to NFTs. Right. And I think that that really just, you know, I mean, destroyed the image of them in everybody's eyes, you know, especially at least retail investors. You know, I think folks that are still, you know, thinking about that Web3, you know, it's still still see the value in them and are still working on them and everything. But it's definitely going to take a big push to to get people to forget about the board ape yacht club. Right. You know, yeah, I think the people that are still in it are pushing are there's always some sort of physical asset that is tied to that right Mm -hmm. so even if it's a piece of art you can actually also have an nft that goes to a physical piece of art but you also have the nft ownership to show that like hey this actual and sometimes like owning the nft gives you access to whatever Mm -hmm. you want to do so that's seems where it's going but um we used a, a comparison early on in delaware they have these ceramic license plates that you can buy yes they're like black ceramic license plates there's a certain number of them the lower the number it is the more expensive it is your single digit ones are like a hundred thousand dollars or more millions yeah. of dollars maybe even i don't know how much a single digit one is but i know that i've seen like you know ten thousand twenty thousand dollar cars with fifty thousand dollar license plates on them in delaware but the thing is, is they don't have the ceramic tag on the car. They have a metal version of that tag. So they own the ceramic tag, right? That's their sort of like, they, they, they can prove ownership of that. And then they have this, you know, version of it that they can put on their car that is, you know, they, they feel safe driving around with it. Right. They don't want it to get stolen. If it's yeah. stolen, it's not the actual piece. Yep, exactly. Of thing and they can come old. with their, you know, right. proof and say, of this ownership. is mine. And like, no, 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 that's yeah. my license plate number. Yeah. It, to me, that seems to be where the, the valid use case of these things are Mm -hmm. where you can physically own something, but they're trans, you can still easily transact the ownership back and forth and and have it be trustworthy because the GLD is a good example. It's like you have these people, but like, is it really? Yeah. You know know what I mean? Because it's not on the blockchain. You're just relying on some person in there so an accounting firm that they hire and pay every year to to tell you know to tell them what they want to hear basically yeah exactly um no definitely and you mentioned like portability you know like hey how like and and let's go you said a hundred dollars let's go a million you know like how am i going to get a million dollars of gold out of the country if i need to leave yeah pretty tough how am i going to get a million dollars worth of bitcoin Mm -hmm. out well in my phone yeah. In my pocket. Yeah. You know, they used to talk about um, stamps were the investments of, of kings, right? The reason for that is because sometimes kings have to flee their country, right? And they want money to flee with. And it's really hard to pack up all your jewels and gold in the middle of the night and then quietly sneak out of town. But it's really easy to grab your book of stamps, you know, some of which are worth a million dollars a piece tuck it into your coat and slip out of town. Yeah. You know, so that's what people did. And that's kind of what these digital assets are, um, you know, and uh, something that something that always, you know, always sort of 
rankled me or, or, or sat wrong with me about Bitcoin, right, is that everybody calls it, um, everybody says that it's, it's, you know, it's an answer to fiat currencies, right? Because fiat currencies are based on nothing. Well, so is Bitcoin, man. I mean, technically, so is Bitcoin. There yeah. is nothing backing Bitcoin. It's right. just the idea that there's only a certain number of them, yeah. right? And so I, when I said that I see really exciting things happening in the gold market this year, this is another thing that I see coming, right? And I see basically a new digital currency coming our way that is going to actually be backed by gold. Right. Okay. Literally backed by gold. Inflation protection, you know, it, it's 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 like what the U.S. dollar was back when it was backed by gold, you know. Um, but basically, you know, I had said that that there's they're not finding any more big gold mines, and that's not a hundred percent true. Okay, I I, I don't want to be accused of lying to anybody, right? So they are still finding some bigger gold mines, higher grade ores, and things like that. But a lot of this gold is what you would call trapped gold. Where, you know, due to environmental difficulties, like say you can't get mining equipment up there to that, get to it. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's anywhere in the world, if it's on a mountain and it's above the tree line, can't touch it. Like global regulations, can't go there. Um, really? Yeah, above the tree line, they won't let you mine. Um, you know, they need the trees to grow groups. grow taller. I guess I don't know. You got to get the trees going higher. Maybe like climate change will help with that, and we can mine higher. Um, but you know, you get indigenous groups that are like, no, we don't want you in here. Like right. you know, or you're like right up river from us. You're going to pollute our water. Or somebody was back there hiking, and they saw a bird that hadn't been seen for 50 years, and like maybe that's its only habitat. You know, so there's all sorts of reasons that you know gold can't be that we know that gold that we know is there can't be mined. Right. right. But technically, there's still an intrinsic value to that gold. Right, because we know what the cost of gold is. Say right now it's about two thousand dollars. We know what the cost of extracting gold is. Right now it's about seventeen hundred dollars. So the intrinsic value, or thirteen hundred dollars. So the intrinsic value of that gold in the ground is seven hundred dollars per ounce. It's like simple math, right? Yeah. And so that's the number that you would take after exploring your site to a bank, and you'd be like, "Look, guys, we found what we think is about a billion dollars worth of gold in here. It's going to cost us. We're pretty sure about nine hundred million dollars to get it out. So we'll." make $100 million in profit. We want to borrow the money from you um, to bring the gold out of the ground. You know, this is how many ounces we have. This is the intrinsic value of that gold, you know, that $700 per ounce, the difference between the cost of extraction and the cost that I can sell it for. And the bank writes a loan based on those terms, right? But if you can't get the gold out of the ground, technically there's still value in that gold. And like we mentioned, the big use of gold is as a store of value. So most of the time we're digging up gold so that we can rebury it, right? That doesn't make much sense. And you mentioned the heist movies, vaults get robbed. It doesn't happen that often, but they get robbed and it can happen in one night, yeah. right? But if you have a billion dollars worth of gold in the ground and it's gonna cost you $900 million to get it out of the ground, well, you gotta come up with $900 million, you gotta spend like a couple of years setting up the mining operation and then a couple more years digging all the gold out of the ground in order to heist that vault. Right? And then put it in another vault. And then basically, yeah, find another armed, vault that you can put it in. With armed guards that you have to, mm -hmm. yeah. And so basically, you know, I'm not saying that I could rob a bank vault, but I could probably figure out how to rob a bank vault. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not saying that I couldn't, you know, mine a mountain, but I certainly couldn't do it without somebody noticing. Yeah. You know, so that's the thing is, is you know, people are, it's basically already in a great vault. Right. The gold's already in a great vault. 
we can't get to it because of whatever there's rules there's regulations you know we just the the uh the the geography just won't allow us to get the heavy mining equipment back there that we need to get back there but we know that there's gold in the ground so if most people are just going to take this gold and put it back into the ground you know, bury it in their backyard or put it in a bank vault well why not just leave it in the ground right we've already shown that it's there you know and we've already got the numbers that we could go to a bank and get a loan so that we could dig it out why not why not just leave it there you know we don't have to disturb the ground uh we don't have to pollute using all of those uh you know the the big like diesel equipment that they use to mine stuff um like i said you know 200 tons of gold to get one ounce you got to crush up that gold you also have to use some really harsh chemicals to to get the gold out of all of the other crap that's in there with it you know so there's lots of pollution it's expensive um you know you get i mean you see movements i mean down in panama uh freeport mcmoran just closed one of their copper mines right one of their you know operating copper mines because people are protesting yeah and they can't get trucks through and they're that, like man you know people don't want the mine here we won't put the mine here to so me you know, that seems one of the biggest issues because it doesn't matter if you're using the most sustainable mining operation out there if people say you're going to be mining or drilling or whatever because we say mining but a lot of times it involves drilling and Mm -hmm. digging you know you're strip mining or whatever you're doing yeah people are cutting the top off. they're like no no no, i mean i don't want that here no exactly and because it does also doesn't affect them usually it's actually There'll be indigenous people that are either for or against it. But a lot of times the biggest way they can get those things passed is by offering a certain number of jobs to the mm-hmm. to the local area. Jobs so, to the local area. Yeah. Maybe like a percentage royalties to right. the indigenous tribe there. Right. Mm-hmm. So the people – if that's not something – they already have jobs or they're not in there. They don't care. It doesn't affect them mm-hmm. to having – they don't want the mine there. And yep. so it's a big political upheaval, especially in some of these countries where, you know, hey, you don't even know if the leadership is going to be mm-hmm. – you know, mm-hmm. it turns over and – Turns oh, over really this, quickly. Yeah, and these guys were one cool. side to the other side completely. Yep, and, and they just get canceled. So no, that to definitely. me is the biggest – issue you're seeing and it's not just with gold mining it's any sort of any sort of mining any sort of extraction you know any sort of extraction from the ground and you got to figure like any sort of extraction from the ground is going to it's it's not going to be great for the environment you know no matter how sustainably you do it you're going to cause some damage um but you also have you know in places like colombia in africa um less so in canada i'm just naming big gold mining regions right there um but uh illegal gold mining it's a huge problem there's literally a war going on in Colombia against illegal gold miners. Um, the cartels use illegal gold miners to launder their money. Um, you know, there are just illegal gold miners out there, you know, and they're, they're just like leaching out all these nasty chemicals or destroying the area. Yeah, they're killing people too because, you know, right. when somebody comes too close to their illegal gold mine, they don't, you know, they don't like it, so they shoot them. Um, so there's literally, I mean, I've seen videos of uh, the Colombian military out there, uh, like just sending missiles down on these barges in the middle of the rivers, you know, because there's these illegal gold mines. And so, you know, basically, like, if there was a way, so if there was a way for you to give those illegal gold miners, you know, the the possibility of profiting without illegally mining the gold, then that's probably something, then that's hopefully something that they would go for, 
you know, it's likely something that they would go for because otherwise, I mean, their other option is get killed by the government. Yeah. You know, or maybe go to jail. But I mean, it's kind of like a scorched earth policy with with these illegal gold mines. Like, you know, they know that they're that they're going out there and that there are people that are armed and going to try and shoot back at them. So, you know, they're not really like going in looking to take prisoners and things. They're going in looking to just shut things down, clean shop. And, you know, this is happening. This happens in Africa. This happens in, um, you know, like Southeast Asia, you know, in the areas around um, like around Australia and stuff like that, New Guinea, things like that. Basically, like any major gold mining region, you know, if there's a place where there's gold in the ground and people aren't allowed to get to it, a lot of times they'll mine it illegally. Um, but if you give them an out, you know, a lot of times they'll take it. And so this is the other thing is that you've got – keep hitting this thing uh, – is you've got major gold companies out there, you know, like Kinross and um, – um, uh, Gold Corp and just like these other huge mining companies, right? And these guys have spent millions of dollars exploring different locations, proving that there was gold there, and then finding out that they couldn't extract that gold. And so if you give them the opportunity to recoup some of those sunk costs that they already put into the exploration, man, they're going to be in on it too. And all it's going to take is one piece of legislation from one country in one gold mining region. And then as soon as that happens, everybody else is going to see how successful that is. And I think you're going to see dominoes falling just in all of the gold mining regions around the world where you have this legislation changing to make this new sort of digitized version of gold possible. Right. And so it's something that I've been looking into for for a little while now, and I'm really excited about it. And I'm positive that it's going to be happening this year. And I'm definitely going to be writing more about it and talking more about it uh, in Wealth Daily, the Wealth Advisory, all my publications. And, yeah. you know, if I'm invited back on here, definitely here too. Well, we'll think. I know a guy. We'll, we'll, we'll get you back it. on okay, here. Cool. Yeah, because we were, we were actually talking about this yesterday. And it's a very – I still – you know, there's still questions out there that I think a lot of people will, will have. Um, but you're like, I don't hear anybody else talking about this right now. No. And to me, just from a broader market perspective, we we believe both gold and these digital assets are going to have a big 2024. I think everybody we talk to around Angel um, believes that. And I think the one thing that is hopeful about this potential, like, bull market in digital assets is that hopefully a lot of the crap mm-hmm. that was out there previously, like you said, with the NFTs and all this stuff with the FTX the and yeah, and all these yeah meme coins and all this kind of stuff is people realize that there is nothing backing these. And, you know, the, the term Ponzi scheme gets brought up a lot with a lot of these. And uh-huh. the truth is, is it's, most of them are. Yeah. And, you know, just the fact that there are so many of these out there and people are just sort of taking advantage of the run up mm-hmm. and the success of Bitcoin, which was the original. Yep. And, you know, there's a couple like Ethereum. To me, like those are really the only two. Yeah. Ethereum, like, you know, best that's like of, a program. You yeah. Know, like like best of on that. breed. Yeah. Things And there's some other ones coming up, but to me, like Bitcoin and Ethereum, and then there's a lot of – what's interesting too about Ethereum is a lot of these digital assets are actually built on top of Ethereum. Right. So you can still have a quote-unquote Ponzi slash joke coin on top of Ethereum that you still need to research and make sure you're doing your due diligence on that. But the underlying platform yeah. is, is pretty solid. Yep. So that's why I like 
you know, we talked about this before, like go a step down and invest in the actual platform that is making these things happen. There might be some little spikes up in here, but what's going to be around in 10 years from now and something that you can get in now and sort of just sit back and watch grow. Oh, definitely. And so with a digital asset that actually has something in the ground um, that is backing it, and it's not just like, hey, we say we're going to, you know, mm-hmm. we think this is going to be worth X, Y, Z because of, yeah, because someone else is going to buy it. And there's literally hundreds of years worth of, of history that, that goes into, that goes into valuing what's backing, you know, a digital currency based on gold in the ground. Because it's not like, you know, these folks are just figuring out how to value gold in the ground. You know, we've yeah. been mining gold for a long time and mining companies have been going to banks to get loans for a long time. So they know how to do this and the banks know how to value it. And, you know, you've already got basically like the whole ecosystem is already sort of there. You know, there's just a couple of little things, you know, you need um an exchange you know to to um to be able to monetize to digitize that asset and then monetize it you need um right now um gold leases gold mining leases expire right can't have that happen if you're going to leave the gold in the ground you need that lease to be in perpetuity right as long as the gold's in the ground my lease doesn't expire if i ever put a shovel in the ground then clock starts ticking yeah right so those little things and and those are the little things that you know are are that that i see happening this year you know i know that there are companies out there building exchanges uh to trade these assets i know that there are uh that there are movements in some uh countries and gold mining regions that are pushing to extend those uh to, to to make those leases indefinite um so that they don't expire uh once that happens in one place then you know then this digital, this new class of digital asset can be born. And once it's born, then people start seeing it all over the world. You know, it's a, a Bitcoin didn't explode everywhere all at once. You know, it right. built up interest. It built up interest and more and more people saw it and more and more people got interested. More and more jurisdictions made it possible to invest in it. And that's the exact same thing I see happening here. And, you know, I, it's basically at the very beginning. You know, this yeah, is back when Satoshi made Bitcoin. You know, that's where we are right now. But actually before it, while he right. was still programming it, before he right. released it out there or she or whomever, they, they I don't know, yeah. could be anybody. It could be a whole bunch of people. It could be the CIA. It could be the CIA. <laughs> I've totally had that theory. I, I, I put that one out there. I, I said that I thought it would be kind of funny if it was actually the CIA that created Bitcoin and it was just this whole scam to get us to trade our actual money for digital money so that they could then cancel the digital money and be like, we own you. And we got it. Um, but I doubt that's actually the case. That's just my, like, you know, little fun tinfoil hat thing there. Um, hey, it's It's, it's always possible, fun thinking about for conspiracy sure. theories. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, all, of the, all the things are in place there. And I feel like this is, you know, this is, this, is, this is where Bitcoin was in the early 2000s when nobody had ever heard about it. You know, nobody, literally nobody is talking about this but the people that I have, you know, been talking with. Yeah. Outside of that tight-knit group right there. You know, nobody's heard about it. So you guys, you heard it here first. And that's... Don't forget I mean, that. That's why you're here. That is why, why you're here because we never, you know, despite some of the predictions that are put out here and they are oftentimes correct, but we don't claim to have a 100% track record. No. Anybody that does is full of shit, totally right? Totally lying. 
Our track record is pretty good. It is. However, when we bring these things up, like I said, we are often early, if not usually too early. Super early. So I've, I've often said that sometimes I suffer from premature allocation. Yes. 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 <laughs> and it's. But it, I'd rather be early than late, man. It, exactly. That's sort of the philosophy that in, it sometimes is difficult because the hardest part about this style of investing, this sort of trend following and but also just contrarian is the psychological aspect of it right so it's very hard when you're hearing about things out there and everybody's talking about it mm -hmm. to not try to jump in because right. you want to take advantage of it yep. but that's usually the wrong time to do it the the right time to do it is when Nobody's you bring something up and someone's like what are you talking this huh? that's stupid right right you know what i mean and sometimes it does end up being an, a non-starter. Sometimes it's several, several years before it takes off. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, look, you were talking about Bitcoin, what, like 2009, 2008, 2010, like back when it was like 50, 100 bucks, stuff like that. Back in the early days, um, I was following along with it. But even when I was follow following along with it, it still was, yeah, like 50, 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. And like there's people that were like buying a pizza for 10,000 Bitcoins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. You know, ten thousand bitcoins, which is I don't know what that's worth now. Someone exchanged for a pizza back in two thousand nine, I think, when it first. I think it was two thousand nine when, mm -hmm. when it got off the ground. I remember so, hearing about that when I was at Morgan Stanley. So these are the types of things that they sound crazy at yeah. first, and it sounds like I don't know if I well, quite that understand took this. Took a while. It was like ten years from when I first heard of Bitcoin, and like guys that I knew at Morgan were, you know, sort of trading it and messing around with it, to when we had that real explosion and and saw prices get up to what sixty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, coin. I think six. I think the all time high now is sixty nine thousand so dollars for one Bitcoin. We're at about as of this morning, I think forty three, forty four. So it's really not that far from no. an all-time high. And this is just my personal prediction because the election year tends to be very good for, for Bitcoin and mm -hmm. digital assets. So, And it's usually because it's timed with the halvening, uh, 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 which is you know when it gets more difficult to right. mine you know, Bitcoin. You have to you know, mine twice as much. Yeah, and it, it's, it's interesting the overlaps between actual real gold mining and actual Bitcoin mining. Uh-huh. But it gets more difficult, and then it sort of has this self-perpetuating thing. And, I mean, almost like clockwork, it starts running up. And this is right around the time it usually does. So um, that is going to, in my opinion, propel a, a whole new wave of these digital assets. And hopefully there's not, you know, Matt Damon and Tom Brady out here pitching people and people piling in fortunes and losing it you, you i don't want to so, i don't want to talk disparagingly about celebrities but man as somebody who as somebody who works for a financial newsletter company right i i'm somebody that people want to buy me right <laughs> and i won't let them but tom brady has more money that i could ever imagine like accumulate. I mean, I can imagine accumulating it, but I'm probably not going to. But you can buy him. You can pay him. Yeah. It'll do anything you want. Yeah. There's a word for that. And I think it's prostitute, but I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, 
But I mean, you're crazy. And not just Tom Brady. I mean, all of them. The Kardashians were out there. Matt Damon, he's a multimillionaire. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, you had star athletes, LeBron James. I don't think he needs any more money. I mean, even uh, Mr. Wonderful himself, you know, took $20 million from FTX. Yeah. You know? It's I- uh, it's very difficult to not to, – to imagine yourself in those those shoes – because, of course, yeah, oh, $20 million, what do you want me to say? Sure, s- sign me up. Mm-hmm. But like you said, these are people with reputations that likely are already multimillionaires. Mm-hmm. And they can't really seem and, – and I think really the, the issue is – Like they don't need they the money. Don't, they've got the reputation right. with I think, far more people than yeah. I do. The main, I think, issue is they didn't really understand what – was going on i'm sure and they just expected they had people behind them that were saying Mm -hmm. it was a good idea and it was all good oh yeah i'm sure the business managers made those decisions for them but i mean you know people i i even i hate this you know like uh there's the guy dave ramsey you know the Mm -hmm. financial guy and yeah he he's taking money to give recommendations for companies that have just completely and totally screwed his listeners over, you know, like companies that are facing class action lawsuits now because they took so much advantage of people. But, you know, somebody told his business manager how much they were going to pay him. And the business manager was like, yeah, he'll probably do that. Yeah. Um, And uh, I I mean, you saw the same thing with, um, I think what really, uh, uh, you know, is is the worst. It's not so much those ones. It's people like uh, Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton. They were on TV showing their NFTs. Right. Didn't mention to anybody that they were given those NFTs for free and they were also paid like several million dollars to talk about them on TV. Uh, That stuff was uh, that was kind of I thought that was that was pretty shady personally. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that we try to focus on here is I think everybody, like I said, no one's perfect. The, The research that gets put out there. All the newsletters are to the best of their ability, mm-hmm. and they're doing the actual research and digging into it. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. Um, but, but it's, it's honestly uh, wrong. <laughs> right. Right? And that's right. the deal is if I'm wrong, I'm wrong honestly. You know, yeah. I was wrong. People yeah. make mistakes. Sometimes, you know, your theories don't play out. But, you know, that that word that you used there, we, we research. We right. are researching these things, and and that's where you're getting the information. It's from research. It's not from a white paper that we've been handed by the company that tells us how much we're going to make and how great right. they are. Right. You know, it's because we've researched them and we actually think they're great. Right. You know, and yeah, I will be wrong sometimes. Like, yeah. I'll yep. Anybody it. who tells you otherwise is is full of shit for yep. sure. Yep. Certainly um, not married. But I think our our readers and listeners and viewers, so to speak, are are smart enough to determine that. And mm. most of the people that have been with us for a while understand that, and they are looking for ideas that are out of the box. And um, we hope to provide them a little bit each time. Um, but you know, to get more of the information. Um, they can subscribe to your newsletter. Yes, yeah, or, or newsletters. Letters, lots um, of them. Check it, out wealthdaily.com. Yeah, I was going to say Wealth Daily is where you're going to find all of Jason's free stuff. Yep. Some good shit on there. Um, mm-hmm. I read it every day. Appreciate um, that. Thank you. And um, so, and subscribe to our YouTube channel too. Mm-hmm. If you want to, so the YouTube channel. Check us out on Instagram. We've got some. Yeah, stuff and on even X. even I mean, comment the, the comments. I, I find very hilarious sometimes yeah. because people please give me some comments. Yeah. if anybody, I just want to. If you guys like my hat, 
please yeah, give I don't, me a comment for that. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get any You don't like the that. Babylon Beanie. No, it's all right. It's... It was the number one stocking stuffer this year. I'm <laughs> telling you, everybody wanted it, from the toddlers all the way up to the to the old folks. All right. Well, <laughs> that's, how, that's, when, that's what we'll end on, okay? And again, thanks again for uh, – being on our show yeah thank you and, for having me and guys we'll, pay uh, attention i'm definitely going to have a lot more information about this this these new digital assets that we see coming in right. the gold space looking forward to it cool all right adios thank you sir